I posted this over on Twitter last night when I first came across the article. I said this is a bit concerning. So how AI is being used to design drugs to help treat opioid addiction. Um, and when I came across it, I said, I have to share this. I'm going to make my case in today's episode. My name is Mike. Every week I discuss topics that I care about. Hopefully you find them of value as well. Today's Daily Dose is partly brought to you by GrassDoor.com. Cannabis delivery made simple. Save a whopping 40%. Use the code DAILY at checkout and social CBD. Discover why CBD works so well. Save 20%. Use the link in the description. So uh, today is the day where uh, some scientists are meeting up to discuss how this will all work. Uh, it's been used on animals, and uh, the models are proving to be useful. Uh, but when I saw it, I said to myself, uh, this can't be the best solution. I mean, um, maybe a Band-Aid at, at most. But for the long term, I just don't see it uh, being successful. So um, as you see here, the original headline, they want to use AI. It's not the first time. Um the first time that uh, it was ever brought up was like three, four years ago when C-19 happened and they wanted to develop a vaccine really fast. I think um, what we have seen through the efficacy over time and the reporting is all different depending on where you look. So it was over 90% and some places are showing below that. Um, I suppose we'll never know exactly how effective, but I believe the Many different uh, companies out there working on AI put their minds together to try to develop a vaccine or at least put together and aggregate all the things that could become a vaccine. So in this instance, they want to do something um, very interesting. So there is this opioid problem. And I was uh, digging through some data. It turns out hospitals who treat anybody who's uh, ODing or anything like that on opioids are spending about $90 billion annually for those services. Sounds crazy. Uh, rough estimate. So it makes me wonder if, you know, the cost of that um, is some of the reasons why we've seen a, um, a reduction in people's medications they're just uh people are reporting for several years now that they're not getting what they need especially if they have the history to prove that uh they ought to be getting uh, what they need um i do know somebody autoimmune um disorder and uh in pain constantly so quality of life is diminished as they're just unable to get what they need and you know obviously insurance was the thing that normally paid for it um, so tough on many, many people, but I wonder if there's some correlation here. So diving into the details here, as you see, um, by discovering drugs that inhibit the kappa opioid receptor, Leslie Salas Estrada is one of the scientists at Mount Sinai who is working on this. Uh, she hopes to alleviate opioid addiction. The research is going to be, um, uh, the researcher uh, is going to be talking about this today at the annual Biophysical Society meeting in San Diego. That's today, the 20th. So uh, I believe she's the lead researcher. Now, if you look some more as it continues, the kappa opioid receptors are known to mediate brain rewards. So she says here in quotes, if you're addicted and you're trying to quit, at some point you will get withdrawal symptoms and those can be really hard to overcome. Uh, 
After a lot of opioid exposure, your brain gets rewired to need more drugs. Blocking the activity of this receptor has been shown in animal models to reduce uh, the desire for more drugs. So they want to see if they can do the same in human studies. Who knows when those trials will begin, but um, first they'll have to refer to the AI to aggregate all the ingredients that could make this possible. I think it's great that uh, <clears throat> that we can use AI for humanity's sake in positive ways. That's a, that's a good thing, especially with medicine, to speed up uh, the process. It's very expensive, time-consuming to develop drugs. And oftentimes, because of all of these cost-related um, factors, yes, it's a profit-motivated industry, and there's no incentive to cure anything at all. And we've talked about it so many times. Um, when I think about what they said here, the rewiring of the brain after long opioid exposure um, is an acknowledgement that there is all sorts of conditioning in life uh, that our brains undergo, uh, probably from the day we're born. But it also tells me that the um, research around psilocybin use and how it's creating neural pathways or reopening neuro, uh, neural pathways, uh, that that is also doing some kind of rewiring of the brain. This is why so many people uh, who have tried it or have done it long periods of time have reported positive changes, uh, whether it's in behavior, thinking, um, and overall um, mental health. So I think... There's an issue here using AI because uh, with, let's say, the vaccine, um, though it's not, you know, we're not allowed to say or discuss anything relating to its uh, effectiveness, uh, the reports that have come out do show varying, um, varying numbers. They're not all consistent. The question is, is, was it because it was in such a short period of time? you know, six months or eight months or a year, whereas maybe whatever they'll be developing with this may um, take a year or two years. I, I don't know. Maybe time was a factor of why we're seeing such variation in efficacy uh, with, you know, something that the whole world knows uh, AI was used to develop or at least uh, figure out the best way to develop a vaccine. Now, when I think about rewiring someone's brain, I mean, is it really um, a wise thing to do? Using drugs to, I mean, essentially that's what it's doing. They want to block that receptor. So that's rewiring the brain once again to not desire something during the withdrawal symptoms. Um, I think that's a that's an important question. And like I said, I feel like it's a Band-Aid mostly because at the end of the day, it's not going to solve anything. Imagine what um, it's telling the individual who's, you know, taking this medication to avoid withdrawal symptoms. Um, the person may, in some cases, decide, well, there's no repercussions anymore. I can do this again and again and not have to feel the withdrawals. This is kind of part of life. There is no um, bad without good and there's no good without bad. We, you know, we need both. It's the balance of the universe. So if you are using something or abusing something and it feels great and you do it for a long time and when you stop, there's consequences. This is how the world works with everything. This is how life works. 
Um, so I don't know if this is the right decision. This is one of the things that immediately came to mind is, um, do we want to uh, continue encouraging the abuse of something? Because now we've eliminated the consequence associated with it. Um, oftentimes, this will generally lead down a bad road somewhere where um, people will likely overdose you know, more and more because they feel like they can push the boundaries. You know, as I continue to, you know, dive deeper into this idea of using AI, this technology to develop uh, medicines, I think it's good if we actually develop really well-designed and thoughtfully engineered uh, drugs that are less harmful. I mean, since the computer is doing all this work, we can tell it we want less harmful, you know, combinations. It's kind of exciting to think where that may lead, but um, I believe we will need some kind of separation of the motivation behind it all. You know, less money involved in medicine may, uh, may lead to uh, positive developments for the entire uh, human population. Beyond that, I, um, I think um, it's, it's something that will eventually either work or it won't work. I understand that there's a lot of suffering, and it may sound insensitive, you know, this way, uh, the way it comes off, but um, there is a lot of suffering because of withdrawal symptoms. And I often talk to people who tell me it's an issue for them if they stop because they may not be able to go to work and the fear of losing their jobs because they might be out of work for two or three days just trying to recover. And I always found that to be odd because, you know, people do have sick days. There are, there are these things that protect them. So I don't know, uh, you know, for some, they have vacation days that they can take. I don't know how uh, that can be a reason to um, continue abusing something if you know you ought to, you know, take your foot off the gas and allow your body to rebalance naturally. Anyways, what do you guys think? Is this a good idea or a bad idea? Leave them down below and I'll catch you guys on the next one.